You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. You have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Genesis. So Genesis, the 38th chapter. If you're streaming today, God bless you. Glad that you're with us. Glad to have you here. If you're listening by radio, we want to let all those who listen by radio know that we truly appreciate you tuning in every week to enjoy the broadcast. Thank you for being a part of Passion Church today. Genesis, 38th chapter. The 28th through the 30th verse. It's going to be a strange place to pick up, but you'll understand. And when she was in labor, one baby put out his hand, and the midwife took his hand and bound upon it a scarlet thread, saying, This baby was born first. But he withdrew his hand, and behold, his brother was born first. And she said, What a breaking forth you have made for yourself. Therefore his name was called Perez, meaning breaking forth. And afterward his brother, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, was born and was named Zerah, which means scarlet. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the reading of your word. I pray, Father, today that this message will touch a heart in a very powerful way. Help me to communicate, Father, what it is that you'd have to say to this body. We give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This is one of the the strangest little passages in the Word of God because it appears right in the middle of Joseph's story. It's like right in the middle. It's like the writer Moses had another idea, right? He had another idea right in the middle of telling Joseph's story, but it's very, very important to us, and thank God that it, it appears here in the Word of God. This story is about Judah and the antics and behaviors of Judah, who is actually uh, a descendant or, or from him came the Messiah. We sang about it today. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So we're catching Israel in the story of Joseph and in the story of Judah here in its infancy. This is a nation that's being born and being birthed, and it's in its infancy. This nation chosen by God from Abraham's faith. Judah is one of Jacob's or Israel's sons the same as Joseph. And Judah married a lady by the name of Hira, who had a son named Ur, who had a second son named Onan, and finally had a son named Shelah quite a bit later. They probably had daughters, but women are not mentioned in genealogies in the word except for in the genealogy of Jesus. Shows that Jesus set a new order in the body. So, Ur was an evil man, but he got married, 
And he married a lady by the name of Tamar. And <laughs> because Ur was evil, remember this is before the law. This is before, this is before anything is established in the word by God. And he was an evil man, and the word says that God just took him because his heart was evil. Well, by, by early custom, if your brother died and left his wife a widow and you were the next brother in line, she then was given to you to be your wife, and you were to raise up children unto your brother's name. So Onan married Tamar, but Oman, Onan decided he didn't want to raise up any children to his brother. He was selfish. He wanted to make a name for himself, and he knew that that also had entailed, you know, inheritance and all of those things. And so Onan refused to give Tamar children out of selfishness, and God took him. And Sheila was too young to marry. So Tamar was told by Judah, go back to your daddy's place and stay with your father. And when Sheila's old enough, I will allow you to marry him. And then you can have your, your heritage, your legacy. So Tamar goes back to her daddy's and she spends her life there. But Judah got this idea in his head. She, she's been married to two of my sons and they're both dead. And he got to thinking she was jinxed. Now, ladies, don't run out and buy any of those romance novels. All you have to do is read the Bible because the Bible gets real juicy. Don't waste any money. The Bible's racy enough. Punch your neighbor and say, all you need is the Bible. Judah thought she was jinxed, so he didn't want to lose another son, so he ignored her and withheld her or withheld Sheila from her. So Judah takes a trip to Tamar's town sometime later. He's been withholding, and she knows. Tamar devises a plan and disguises herself as a prostitute. He thinks that she's a prostitute who works for an idol temple. So her face is veiled, as the idol temples did, and, or the, the, the prostitutes of the idol's uh, uh, order did, and he doesn't know who she is. So he bargains with her for her favors. I'll be very careful. I won't go any further. You know what I'm talking about. And here's the price they agree upon. If you do things for me, I'll give you a goat. Boy, that would really go over today's economy, wouldn't it? Although there are people here who raise really neat goats. I won't, I won't point anywhere. <laughs> well, she gets pregnant from their... Well, let, let me finish this. He says, I'll give you a goat. She says, well, what proof do I have? Because you don't have a goat with you. So what proof do I have that you'll keep your word if we do this thing? And so he says, here's what I'll do. I'll give you my staff. And I don't know if you know this or not, but in ancient times, all the history of your life and your family's life was carved on your staff. And that was the, that was the stick that you used wherever you went. And it was your identification when you met other kings and other people. And it told of your importance and who you were. And also he had a signet cord. 
I don't know what a signet cord looked like, but this cord identified him as Judah, son of Israel. So he agrees, I'll leave this stuff to you. I'll send my servant back with the goat. I'll pick up my stuff. He keeps his word. He sends his servant with a goat. The man goes out with the goat, but when he gets there, he can't find the prostitute. In fact, he asks you around, and they said, there's no temple prostitutes around here. (laughs) And so in order to save himself embarrassment, he says, well, don't look any further. I don't want this getting out. Oh, come on. How many have hidden sin in their life? Oh, come on now. So she gets pregnant from their arrangement. And pretty soon it's noised abroad, and he hears about it. And when he finds out, he's going to have her put to death. How often do we get self-righteous and get a little bit of a pharisaical attitude because we think we're a little more righteous than someone else? And so he's going to have her put to death until she produces his possessions as the man who fathered her babies. See what I mean about the romance novels? Then he repents and calls her more righteous than himself, and he never cohabitates with her again. She is pregnant with twins, and twins run in the family because his daddy, Jacob, who is now Israel, was one of two twins, Jacob and Esau. You remember the story. Jacob was the trickster, the schemer. The destiny stealer. Kind of sounds like Judah's not a whole lot, like that apple didn't fall too far from the tree. But he was a man who came clean with God about his character in a wrestling match that lasted all night in Genesis, the 32nd chapter. These twins seem to have the same desire and struggle as Jacob and Esau as the younger desires the position of the older. The older is always favored and given an inheritance of first fruits, and the position as the family patriarch in the genealogical history of the family. At the time of birthing, one of Tamar's twins sticks his arm out of the womb. And when he does, the midwife, who's excited because she's there to birth the babies, she ties a scarlet cord around his wrist to prove this is the firstborn. We want to mark them in case they're identical. We want to mark them so we know which baby is which. The baby sticks his arm out and feels the atmosphere, but then in a surprise reversal, the baby withdrew his arm, and the other twin was born first. Zerah means red or or scarlet cord. Perez means breaking forth or, or, or a breach. The story that I want to share with you, I'm going to do the best I can to, to hurry here, is about destiny. This story is about destiny and it's about divine reversal. It is a story that is about hesitation and timidity. Zerah was positioned first, but withdrew. Perez, his name means breaking forth, but his name also means breach. 
So Perez was breech and was in danger of being stillborn. While Zerah was in a place of indecision, Perez was in a place of danger. How often has the destiny of the future of the church been thwarted by indecision? And how often has the destiny of the move of God been headed in the wrong direction? How many times has a true move of God ended up stillborn? Stillborn because it's due to the saints being too timid to commit to God's birthing process. These who will reach out to test the atmosphere but withdraw are too timid to face the unknown. And how often have we been marked or identified as the generation to do great things, yet we pull back at what seems to be uh, a warm, comfortable, and inviting situation. We don't want to face the cold, cruel reality of what is in the unknown when it's easier to stay in the place of warm comfortability. And so often the move of God has been thwarted because the people of God will reach out and feel that maybe the world's still a little hostile and it's easier to stay where I'm comfortable. Is this all right? Mm. Zerah was marked. Cord wrapped around his arm, marked. He was the child of inheritance. He was the child of favor. He was tomorrow's hope. He was to be the leader of the future. Yet Zerah pulled back and delayed his coming out. He chose familiarity over the unknown, afraid of the risk, too timid to try, too lazy to push. <laughs> but I'm glad the story doesn't end there. Because Perez, Mr. Backward Breach Baby, saw Zara's withdrawal as an opportunity. I have stood and witnessed with my own eyes after some great and powerful moves of God. I've watched the church, the next generation, withdraw from the cost of revival and the move of God. I've seen it over and over and over in my lifetime. I've lived long enough to say I've seen several moves of God. I've seen powerful things. But now I stand and I observe as the church universal, I don't know about around the world, but certainly in America has withdrawn and gone back to a comfortable place. What makes people happy? What makes people want to come? What makes people want to darken our door? What makes people, if we serve the right flavor of coffee, will they come? If we, if, if, if we make the seats padded, will they come? If we get the temperature just right, if it feels like you're going to a concert experience, will that work? And we've tried all kinds of man-made ways to make 
people comfortable. The problem is, if we're comfortable, we'll never reach out for our destiny. We'll just want to stay here in the place of comfort and and let you uh, give me pablum like a baby. I'll never grow beyond that. I'll never develop teeth to eat meat with. I'll never grow. I'll never reach out. I'll never share my faith with the world because I'm so busy being too timid to try what's next. Is this too hard? So Zerah pulled back and chose familiarity, afraid to risk. But Perez, I love Perez because he saw it as an opportunity. Now get this. He's not even in the position to be born. If he's born in the position he is, he risked still being stillborn. He risked death if he doesn't get some stuff turned around. <laughs> he risks, he risked death if he doesn't get some things turned around. He's positioned wrong. He's not ready. He, he, he's not in the birth canal. He's, he's there, but Zara reaches out. Little scarlet's going, I don't know, this, this doesn't feel sure to me. There's, this, this isn't comfortable. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I really want to go there. Let something unusual happen in church and people start going, I don't know if I want to go there. I don't know if I want to give up my time. Oh, I, 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 I'm getting in trouble now. I don't know if, if, if I want to give extra work to the kingdom. I, I, I don't know if I want to spend more time in the word. I don't know if I want to give an extra night a week to the body of Christ that I might stand. In. I don't know if I want to, if I really want to go that far. And Zara's playing around with the opportunity and withdrawing caused little Perez to turn himself around. Something about the wasted opportunity went off on the inside of him and said, well, if you don't want your inheritance, then I'll go after your inheritance. You play around if you want to, Scarlet, but I've got a destiny. I've got a purpose. I've got a reason, and I don't like being backwards, and I don't like being upside down, and I don't like the fact that this thing could kill me, but you know what, little Perez? If you're going to play around, then I'm going to risk it everything and I'm going to turn myself around and I'm going to grab my opportunity and I'm going to get positioned that I might break forth into this world. I'm preaching harder than you're amen. So Perez turns himself around. Your greatest breakthroughs will always come in a turnaround. Repentance, ladies and gentlemen, is a turnaround. And when we repent, we turn from one thing to another. 
Perez laying in that womb could have been laying there in a hopeless state. He may not have ever drew the breath of life, but when the opportunity came and, and, and uh, Scarlett's little, little, little uh, timidity caused him to pull back, something in Perez says, you know what? If I turn this thing around, I can get what it is I desire to have. I desire to live life to the fullest. I desire to know what's beyond this little comfortable place. Uh, I'm tired of being cramped up with little red over there anyway. I'm ready to get out and test this thing. I'm ready to walk in life. I'm ready to find out what's beyond what I know. Is there more to life than just being cramped up with red in this little place? Mm. Passion Church, it's time for a great turnaround. For the past couple of years, our momentum seems to have gotten backwards and breached. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, 2019 is the year of turnaround. It has felt that way from the moment the calendar clicked over until 2019. Oh, at midnight, I something in my heart went, yes, yes, yes. This is the year for my turnaround. This is the year for my destiny. This is the year for my breakthrough. This is the year for my breaking out. This is the year for my breaking forth. This is the year I could I could lay over here and mourn the fact that, that things aren't happening the way I think they should happen. I can lay over here and allow the move of God to be stillborn, or I can get up and I can grab what's mine and turn myself around and get my attitude right and reach out and seize what it is that God has for me. I want to go where God wants me to go. How about you? Mm -hmm. Perez, on Zara's hesitation, seized the moment to make his move. He turned around and got himself positioned in the birth canal. And Zara, afraid of the unknown and playing around with his destiny, was Perez's opportunity to position himself for his destiny. May I, may I suggest to you that while others are pulling back and playing games, while others are pulling back and trying to appease people, we have an opportunity to break out and please the Spirit of God. We have the opportunity to be the apple of God's eye. We have the opportunity to give people what they won't find anywhere else. They're not coming in here for coffee. They're not coming in here for comfort. They're not coming in here for a rock show. They're coming in here because the power of God is moving in his people and his people aren't afraid of the turnaround and his people aren't afraid to venture into their destiny and into their purpose. People aren't afraid to live by the kingdom principle. They're not afraid of things beyond this tangible world and we're reaching, we're reaching into the kingdom saying, Lord, Lord, show us more. Show us more. Let us experience more. We don't want to die back here stillborn somewhere. We want to break out and do what God said do. Wow. I may have to preach this once a week until we get it. So Perez, Mr. Breaking Forth, the spirit of the breaker, this little one said, I've got to get to my destiny. I've got to get to my purpose. If I stay here, I could die. And Sarah, afraid to leave his comfort zone, 
but it will cost him his birthright. And there are those that are going to stand before the Lord. How many have ever read the scripture where it says, and they cried, Lord, Lord, but we did this and we did that in your name. And the Lord said, depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because they played around with their destiny and they chose to play, stay where it was comfortable. And they chose to stay back in the comfort of man and just appease one another. When God's saying, I want you to step out and I want you to be an example to the world. And I want you to take my presence and my spirit with you wherever you go. And when you go into to McDonald's, you don't just go in to order a happy meal. You go in. Uh, you go in with the Spirit of God, and you look around that place for that person that's sitting there who needs to hear the, the, the uncompromised message of Jesus Christ. And you look at them in their lonely condition and in their hurting condition, and you discern by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you go up to them, and you minister to the need in their life, and boom, you will bring break forth into their world and cause their life to change. Mm -hmm. So, even though Zerah was afraid to leave the comfort zone, he was the one who was marked for destiny, but he missed it. How many generations, Pastor Jerry, have we preached to of people who sat and missed their opportunity, missed reaching into their destiny, missed the opportunity to walk in the presence and power of God. How many people are happy just showing up, raising their hands during the songs and going home, and nothing changes in their life except that they come here for a social gathering. God's not interested in your social gathering. He's marked you. He's marked you for destiny. He's marked you for purpose. He's marked you in inheritance because everything Jesus won belongs to you. All he asks for you to do is to not be too timid to step out and do what he's called you to do. All he asks is that you take his presence with you and not allow the move of God in you to be stillborn. But I want to share something with you. Even though Zerah was marked for his destiny, just because there's someone ahead of you in the order doesn't mean they will reach the finish line before you. Don't get your eyes on men. Don't get your eyes on promotion. Don't get your eyes on the person behind the pulpit. Don't get your eyes on somebody else as though God, God's resources are limited and he only has room for one person to do that particular anointing. I want you to know that God's big enough to open up the opportunities for everyone with every gift in every place in this body to carry out what it is that God has us to do. There are no big eyes and little U's. We're in this together. It is body ministry, and we can be stillborn in 2019, or we can break out, and we can show the world what revival really means. If you have the spirit of a breaker, you're destined to find your moment in God's plan. I don't know if you write or not, but I'd write that down. If you have the spirit of a breaker, 
then you're destined to find your moment in God's plan. Remember, Zerah was supposed to be born first. Zerah was already marked. But Perez got the family legacy. Perez got the inheritance. Perez's name is mentioned and recorded for posterity. Perez's name appears in the genealogy of Christ Jesus. Zerah doesn't. Zerah's historical record is here. Too timid. Too afraid. Not willing to leave my comfort zone. While Perez says, I don't know what's out there. I don't know how hostile it is. I don't know what it's going to be like, but there's a pretty good chance it's going to be good. But if it's not, I'm, wor- I'm ready to take the risk. I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to do. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to be different. I'm willing to blaze the trail. I'm willing to be something that no one else will be. I'm willing to be the man of God. I'm willing to stand up and be counted. I'm willing to be persecuted. I'm willing to be misunderstood. I'm I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing because the, my destiny hangs on it. Everything about my life has been purposed by God, and I don't want to miss my purpose. That's why I made the turnaround in the first place. I didn't turn around so I could stay in comfort with Zerah. No, Zerah, get out of my way. I've got to get born. You're playing around. You're in my way, but I want everything God's got for me. got to be careful here. I don't want to blow a fuse. Perez didn't fear the unknown. He didn't play with his opportunity. He seized it. He got turned around, positioned, and then pushed his way into his opportunity. Like Zerah, he had no promise that the world that he was about to be birthed into wasn't hostile, but the call to destiny in him said, even if it kills me, I've got to see what waits for me. Live or die, sink or swim, I've got to lay a hold of my movement. Scarlet, if you're going to play around, then step aside. If all you want to do, church, is play around, step aside. I got something I got to do. I got a place I got to be. I've got an appointment with the master. Because at the end of this life, I'm going to bring to him something that I've earned in this life called the crown of life. It's going to have the rewards that I've received while here on this earth by the acts and works of faith that God has given me to do in this life. And the word says that one day I'll get the honor to lay that crown at his feet and leave it with him saying this is what I did this is where I went this is who I touched this is how my life panned out and this is my legacy this is my inheritance I didn't play around like Zara. I didn't test the waters over and over I broke forth into my destiny and I made life I grabbed it I went for it I went for everywhere I could go to take 
take your word, to take your message to those who were willing and those who were unwilling. And I preached it even when it brought me accolade. I preached it when it brought me persecution. I preached it when it, when it brought me safety. I preached it when it brought me danger. I preached it. I never stopped. I grabbed my life in you and I ran with it. So for a moment, take a look at something with me and we'll be through. Perez, as I've already said, is the great, 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 and I could go through about 10 or 15 greats, grandfather of the Messiah. I want you to see something here. The church had a terrible start. It started with one man of faith who even that man of faith birthed an Ishmael, a work of his flesh. He birthed both an Ishmael and an Isaac. He birthed both works of his flesh and the promise of God. And then his son, the son of promise, birthed an Esau and a Jacob. Esau was an apathetic patriarch. Eh, it's just a birthright. I'd rather have soup. But Jacob was a destiny stealer. Jacob didn't get it in birth because Esau forced his way through. He was a forceful man all of his life. So he had to trick and scheme and surplant to get what it was that he really wanted, and that was to be the patriarch of the family. And even as rotten as that is, God still used him to establish the nation of Israel. And then Jacob, the destiny stealer, who, became, who wrestled with God, contended with God, and became Israel, birthed Judah. And Judah was the molester of the promise. Whew, that ought to mess with you right there. Judah was a molester of the promise because Zerah and Perez were born. Their daddy was their grandfather. His position should have been, I'm your grandfather, but he ended up being their daddy. And he wore that shame for the remainder of his life. And we hail his name, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. But it wasn't Judah we hail. It was his offspring. And Zerah, little scarlet, little red, was too timid to claim his rights. But Perez who could have been stillborn, yet he seized his opportunity and turned himself around and broke forth into his destiny. Passion Church, we are standing at our season of breakthrough in revival. The opportunities now, we were told seven years ago this was coming. Seven years ago, God said this is coming. And now we're in that moment. Are we going to birth ourselves into our destiny? Are we going to allow God to bring us 
from breach to position? Are we going to reach out and just play around with our destiny? Because we have that opportunity. We could just play around and go back to what's comfortable. Because revival will cost you everything. I've had people and theologians, when they hear that I'm going after revival, sort of give me rebuttal in that. They say, oh, I don't want revival because it causes rebellion. No! Revival exposes the rebellion in the hearts of people that are sitting there with rebellious hearts anyway. But those who really want to break forth into their destiny, they won't rebel. They won't fight. They won't kick up a storm. They'll run into the things of God. Those who fight are too lazy to go after their destiny, and they don't want any more demand put on their life. When God says, I want you, I want all of you. He doesn't want half of you. He doesn't want part of you. God wants all of you. And the we as a church could be sitting here in one of two positions. You guys look really serious. I know what you're thinking. Where are all these people that need to hear this today? Y'all are thinking, you're making a list in your mind. Oh, I wish they were here. <laughs> we got two choices. If we're going to go after what's rightfully ours, we can be like Jacob and go when it's too late, so we have to trick our way into it. Or we can be like Perez. And just because someone else is wasting their opportunity doesn't mean I have to. Somebody else may waste their opportunity in God, but I'm going for it. I'm giving God everything. I want him to rain down on me. I don't care what the world thinks. I don't care what people think. I don't care. I don't care what church thinks. That one trips us up more than anything. We worry what other church people think. And we don't want to bring anybody to revival because it's weird and it's sloppy and it's all over the place. And we don't know. I want you to know it's the order of God because God wants to get to the heart of man. He wants to break you down to the lowest level so he can rebuild you in his image. And don't be afraid to bring a sinner to church. They need a real encounter. You can take them to Joe Blow's church if you want to. But if they're just Zara and playing around, all they're going to get is how to be comfortable. All they're going to get is the same old, same old they've always heard. But if you bring him into the house, hold a faith that's not afraid for the breakthrough and the breakout and to go after what it is that God has said, they'll find him as Lord and Savior. They'll fall in an altar of repentance. They'll get a divine turnaround and break into their destiny. And they'll forever be grateful that you shared your faith with them I'm done Passion Church we're standing at our season of breakthrough will we just play with this moment even though we've been marked for greatness or are we going to get positioned to seize our divine destiny those of you streaming Allow this to delve into your heart and into your mind. Passion Church. Northwest Missouri's Revival Church.
we're not going to miss our destiny and we're not going to miss our purpose and we're not going to miss our divine call. I didn't come this far to be denied. And I don't have the moral fortitude. I should say I do have the moral fortitude to not try to trick my way past something. No, I'm here to seize the moment. And if I got to grab little Scarlet by the ankle, which somehow I just think Perez must have done, and pull him out of the way so I can get positioned, then so be it. I didn't come here to make war with anyone else. I didn't come here to make war with anyone else. I came here to lift up the one and only way. And if you got caught with a scarlet thread around your arm reaching, that's on you. Pastor, if you're playing around, that's on you. But if you really want God, you'll let God be God. And you won't try to control how he moves, how he reaches, how he loves, how he honors his people. I don't like weird. I'm not asking for us to be weird. I'm asking for us to be submitted. I don't like weird. Weird doesn't produce anything. But signs and wonders will produce miracles. And God is waking up his church. And he's saying the opportunity to play is over. Will you be birthed in revival? The games are over. Will you be birthed in revival? Hear the spirit today. Will you say yes? Will you turn yourself around? Whatever needs to get turned so that you can get positioned. I just got to be honest with you. I'm still turning some things right now. I know where we're headed. I know what God's doing. And I'm still finding myself, oh, I like that. Oh, I don't quite want to let go of that yet. And I'm having to go, no, I want God. And I'm turning myself around that I can get in alignment for God's birthing process. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.